0: tucson's only local morning sports talk show the jeff dean show starts now good morning tucson and welcome to the jeff dean show i am jeff dean here with you on this august the 2nd 2021 702 in the morning here in the beautiful state of Arizona right here on 14:90 a.m. 104.9 fm ESPN Tucson Tucson's only local morning sports talk show and it is a monday after a busy weekend of sports activity news action drama there have been succeed you know, successful you know situations for Athletes and teams, and there have been some failures. And we will talk about both on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. <clears throat> Pardon me. Also, in addition to talking some sports, we have an opportunity to, for you to win some tickets coming up uh, throughout the show today. We'll have a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson, who are uh, coming off a, a tough road loss at Richmond over the weekend. But the FC Tucson returns home to uh, to take on some new competition and uh, we'll have some tickets for you guys. We'll let you know all about that coming up at some point in the show later on today. So be ready for that. Also, you can uh, join us on the podcast if you're uh, looking for past shows, as this is our fir- the, the, the third Monday of the new iteration of the Jeff Dean Show after the uh, COVID shutdown. So you can find podcasts of the previous two-week shows on Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can join us there, download the show, and listen at your leisure. Now, <clears throat> pardon me, we have a ton of stuff to talk about today. And when I say a ton of stuff, like normally I just, I kind of write an outline, like I'm old school, I really am, I'm, I'm pen and paper, old school, preparing for the show, I, I print off very few stories, I tend to just accumulate news throughout the, the day or the weekend or whatever have you, leading up until the next day's show. Um, and whether I need to talk to some people about some things or not, text messages, whatever, make some notes, and then I just kind of go from there. Um, (laughs) This weekend's notes are pages and pages of stuff. Uh, It's So many things happening, not only nationally but internationally and locally right here in Tucson. Big, big news for the Wildcats both in football and in basketball over the weekend. We will most certainly get into all that. Uh, I thought uh, one of the interesting stories, or fun stories, I guess I should say, uh, probably a painful story for Cubs fans over the weekend, was the previous superstars for the Chicago Cubs, the now-departed superstars, Anthony Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant, all hit home runs in their debuts with their new teams over the weekend. Anthony Rizzo hit a monster home run for the Yankees, a solo job in uh, in his Yankees debut at uh, at uh, Yankee Stadium. Uh, Javi Baez hit a two-run shot with the New York Mets the following day. And then yesterday, Chris Bryant, who w- went out on the field as the third baseman for the San Francisco Giants, to a standing ovation by Giants fans. Look, Giants fans treat their players extremely well. New, old, great, indifferent, whatever, they always treat their, their players extremely well. Uh, Giants fans have, have been known to do this for a long, long, long time, uh, much like the, the St. Louis Cardinals and their fans who treat their players extremely well. San Francisco Giants have, are, are noted uh, fans for being very kind and, and gracious to the players. Gave Chris Bryant a standing ovation as he took the field yesterday for the Giants to play third base, and he answered in kind, hitting a line drive shot over the left field wall in his first plate appearance with the Giants. So, uh, fun, it, 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 little interesting things that happened there. You know, Cubs fans, of course, lamenting all of this. I have a lot of friends. Everybody has a lot of friends. If, if you if you have any friends at all and you're sports fans, you have a lot of friends who are Cubs fans. It's just the nature of the beast, especially living here in the state of Arizona. <laughs> a lot of my friends lamenting and uh, kind of joking about the fact that all of these guys hit home runs in their debuts for their new teams, and uh, obviously, you know, upset about not having them on their team anymore, especially some of the guys who helped them win that championship, which seems like forever ago when it was, in fact, just four years ago. We have some news from the NBA, of course, as free agency begins tonight officially. Uh, teams can begin negotiating with free agent players, and the Phoenix Suns. Have a brand new player that they're going to be able to negotiate with, or I shouldn't say a brand new player, a brand new free agent that they're going to be able to negotiate with, but a player they are very familiar with, as Chris Paul declines his player option for this season of forty-four point two million dollars and has now become an unrestricted free agent. We talked about on Friday that uh, the Suns and Chris Paul could essentially they they had they had two options. Number one, Chris Paul could. Could accept the player option of forty four point two million, make the forty four point two this year, and then the Suns would tack on an additional two years at the end of it, making it a three year deal. The Suns essentially would, you know, would match or come close to to matching that number over the final two years of his contract. Chris Paul did not want to do that, Um, and there there are many there are many good reasons why he decided against that, and honestly. It's, it's good for both him and the team that he did uh, decline the the player option. Now, what does it mean for the Suns that he declines the player option? Well, we're gonna play a little game here. So, <laughs> being in sports radio as long as I have been, you get this all the time. And in fact, in the in the the lead-in show, uh, the the ESPN National Morning Show, I heard just before we were getting on the air as I. Put the headphones on and was listening the final seven or eight minutes of the show. Um, a caller had called in and suggested that the 49ers trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? And even the hosts on the show. And normally, you know, ESPN national, they don't rip the callers for the most part. They they try to. You know, I don't know if it's like a company wide thing or whatever. But they usually, if they take callers, they they're pretty kind with them and they usually, Oh yeah, I can see what you're saying. there. And they just lit into this poor dude, like who just made this obvious, just ridiculous statement. So being in sports radio for as long as I have, I recognize that. And I was like, yep, there you go. There's your, there's your typical sports radio listener call in with my general manager uh, uh, prowess and try to make my team better or try to make things better for the league or whatever have you. When in reality, it's, it's one of the most silly things ever. I mean, look, you guys are busy. I do this for a living, okay? I, I do this for a living. Imagine if you put into sports knowledge, like digging in through these things, learning about these things, learning about CBAs and contracts and all this other boring crap that you don't have time to, do, to deal with. Imagine if you sp- spend as much time doing that as you did doing your job, which is not conducive to – Uh, surviving in this day and age. You need to spend as much time as possible doing your job, or two jobs, as many of us have right now, and, uh, you know, holding down a a family and holding down the fort, paying the bills. So uh, it's understandable that the listeners don't have anywhere nearly as much time as we do because it's our job. We get paid to do this, okay? So you say you want to be a GM. You want to be a general manager. Let's dig into a little bit of why the Phoenix Suns are in a favorable favorable position with Chris Paul. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he played for the Suns. I, it has a little bit to do with that, but it has nothing to do with feelings. It has nothing to do with Chris Paul uh, having familiarity with the players, having a good relationship with Monty Williams and Devin Booker and James Jones, which are all pluses in this. But if we're talking about the meat and potatoes of this all, the fact that Chris Paul declining the player option for $44.2 million is good for the Phoenix Suns. Now, it means that the Suns have more options to make a deal work with Chris Paul than any of the other 29 teams in the league should they come calling. The Suns own Bird's rights to Chris Paul. Now, what are Bird rights? Well, Bird rights, or the Bird exception, if, uh, if you want to go by NBA nomenclature, was named after, of course, Larry Bird. It was included in the NBA's Collective Bargaining bargaining Agreement, or CBA, as we'll for now call it. It allows teams to essentially go over the salary cap to re-sign their own players. So if a player is returning to business with the team he previously played for, that team essentially holds his Bird's rights, his Larry Bird's rights, the Larry Bird exception. They can sign him for more years and more money as a qualifying free agent. Okay, So this gives the Suns the ability to pay Chris Paul more money, which is great. Essentially, as it stands right now, any other team in the league can offer Chris Paul $123 million. Because of bird's rights and salary cap uh, information, the Suns can pay him upwards of $144 million. Now, Chris Paul did not merely come to these bird rights with the Phoenix Suns because he happened to play for them the previous season. He had to retain those rights, and he was very smart to do so in his previous dealings. Chris Paul has been smart enough to continue to retain his bird rights wherever he has gone, and he's been able to do that by essentially getting traded to teams that he agreed to be traded to. Okay? If... If he had just simply become a free agent after the final season in OKC and had signed with the Phoenix Suns, he would not have bird rights. The Phoenix Suns would not have bird rights over Chris Paul. But because he essentially went to OKC and said, "I'd like to be traded," and they were able to trade him to the Phoenix Suns for you know Kelly Oubre and and some other you know some other players, of course. Okay, um, the Suns were able to then take his bird rights with them, so that way it gave them leverage when it came time to re-sign Chris Paul. So the the Suns were also smart in acquiring Chris Paul in that in that sense, okay? It's something that players do, agents and players do to make themselves more attractive to other teams when suitors come calling for trades. If you can keep your bird's rights, then, you know, obviously if that player is a superstar, it it just gives you more options, okay? You like that. In in life people like to have more options because they like to be able to analyze things. Smart people analyze things. They, they weigh their options, and then they decide on the best course of action. So because of these birds' rights, now in addition to be able to offer him more money, the Suns can also legally, under the CBA, sign Chris Paul to a fourth year if they need to. Now, many of you are saying, well, of course they can sign him to a fourth. They can sign him to whatever length of deal they want. No, no, no. You're wrong. <laughs> okay? There's a little rule in the NBA called the over-38 rule. It used to be the over-36 rule, but Chris Paul, ironically, when he was president of the Players Association, renegotiated that in the CBA to become an over-38 rule. Now, many of you are like, wait, what is this? I was unaware of this this rule, this over-38 rule. Essentially what it is, <clears throat> okay, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain it because it's it's very convoluted. Uh, it's it, it's you know it can be a little silly. The over thirty eight rule basically applies to teams who are trying to cheat the salary cap by signing aging veterans to what's called a zero year deal, paying players after they've retired. Okay, this would allow essentially if a player is retired and they're still and a, and a team is still paying him, there are huge Huge benefits uh, and, and essentially refunds on the on the salary cap um, against the tax hit for players who are no longer playing in the NBA. If player retires and you still owe him money, the NBA says, "Okay, we're going to give you a discount salary cap wise because you need to replace that player." Obviously, okay. So the over thirty eight rule essentially keeps teams from being able to pay that zero year to cheat. Essentially, let's say, let, okay, let's do hypothetical here. The, uh, one of the teams that is rumored to be interested in Chris Paul is the New Orleans Pelicans, rightfully so okay they're probably going to be moving Lonzo Ball or he's going to move on, uh, and they need a point guard. luring Chris Paul back to New Orleans, where he was drafted originally, yada, yada, yada Now instead of the New Orleans Pelicans without this thirty eight rule, the New Orleans pelicans could just say we're going to offer you four years one hundred and th- you know twenty three million dollars, but they can offer him more based on zero-year deals and stuff like that. And there's, there's even more you know, ways to work the, the salary cap that I'm not even going to get into right now. Okay. But because of the over-38 rule, Chris Paul is going to turn 38 years old in the third year of the contract, at the end of the third year of his contract, which means that they can't sign him to that zero year after he's turned 38. However, Bird's rights give you the ability to sign a player After they have turned 38, it gives you a one-year buffer, okay? If you keep a veteran who is going to turn 38 within the terms of a contract, you can sign them to one more extra year on the contract. So the Phoenix Suns, not only can they offer more money, but because of Bird's rights and the over-38 rule, they can offer him a fourth year that no other team in the NBA can. So not only can he make more money, he can be guaranteed that money over a longer period of time. So you say you want to be a GM. Were you aware of all these things? Okay, There's even more. There's more stuff in there. Okay, There's more stuff in the CBA than you could possibly imagine. This is just the stuff that applies to Chris Paul immediately as it pertains to the Suns being able to re-sign him. Okay. Now, as I mentioned, in addition to be able to, to offer him more money than either team, they can offer him the fourth year, when everyone else can offer him only three. And the great thing about this is is it's all salary cap friendly to the Phoenix Suns. It all makes sense. It all fits in. I saw yesterday, uh, I don't remember which blogger it was, which Twitter hack it was, claiming to be an NBA insider. I believe he tweeted out or wrote an article or a blog somewhere posted it on his uh, mom's website or whatever whatever have you that these guys are, are using as their platforms. He said that, that signing Chris Paul to a max deal would put the Phoenix Suns over the salary cap tax threshold and that they would be paying for it in the salary ta- in the, in, in the, in tax, uh, luxury tax. This is not true, folks. <laughs> okay? The Phoenix Suns, as it stands right now, can sign Chris Paul to the max deal. They can sign him for up to, I believe, signing him to the super max, which is 144, would put them very, very close to the, to the tax threshold, depending on who else they sign. As it stands right now, the Phoenix Suns can sign him for, let's say, my prediction is they're going to sign him to a three-year $132 million deal. Okay, That's just my prediction. Three years, $132 million, that gives Chris Paul Coincidentally, $44 million a year over the next three years, which is the same amount he just declined on his player option. So three years, $132 million. It's $9 million more than he'll ever make with any other team. He still gets to stay close to Los Angeles and his family and his home. He gets to play with Devin Booker and these players that he – went to the NBA Finals with for the first time in his career, he gets to continue and maybe end his career with a coach that he's absolutely in love with in Monty Williams and a general manager who has taken really, really good care of him in James Jones. Okay? That's my prediction. Three years, $132 million. If the Suns sign him to a three-year, $132 million deal and they give DeAndre Ayton an extension and they give Mikel Bridges an extension, okay, these are extensions that are monetarily in line with what they're expected and projected to make and they sign a backup center, and if they don't overspend for a backup point guard, meaning they use their mid-level exception on a backup point guard or a sign-and-trade for a guy like a T.J. McConnell. Okay? If they do all that, the Phoenix Suns will still be right around $1 million underneath the salary cap, not infringing on the luxury tax. They will be just fine. So, Suns fans, please do not feel like signing Chris Paul to this big deal is going to put the Phoenix Suns in salary cap hell. The the Phoenix Suns are just fine. In two years, they could be in some trouble when they need to re-up Devin Booker and Cam Johnson and a couple of other guys, and depending on what happens then, they may need to go out and get themselves a big-time point guard as Chris Paul's career comes to a close. But for the foreseeable next two seasons, Phoenix Suns are just fine, folks. Do not believe these non-professionals, and I do mean this, non-professionals, these bloggers out there who just want to put something on Twitter, somehow they get themselves a check mark on Twitter and are able to go out there and spew these absolute false claims, false things parading around as truth, okay? (laughs) The Phoenix Suns are going to be fine. And to be honest, what the hell do you care anyways? Don't you just want to see the best product? out on the court what difference does it make if robert sarver is going to pay the pay a luxury tax if he decides to pay all this money to these players which has not been the case in robert sarver's history as owner of the phoenix suns let's be honest but if he does change course and essentially basks in the glory and excitement of playing in the first nba finals in suns uh, in, in 28 years for the phoenix suns <clears throat> then maybe he does approach the luxury tax and spend all this money. But who cares? (laughs) Seriously. It's not like the Suns – if the Suns were going to be bad paying a bunch of expiring contracts this year to players who weren't going to give a rip about going out there and competing, then it would be a problem. The Suns are an excellent basketball team and one of the best four teams in the West, one of the best eight teams in the NBA. So what difference does it make if they pay $132 million or $140 million to Chris Paul and give DeAndre a bag and give Mikel Bridges his money, bring in uh, T.J. McConnell or re-sign Cameron Payne, which is what I think they will end up doing, to be honest? Who cares? <laughs> but just for truth's sake, because I saw some of this crap out there this weekend. <laughs> Look, everything's going to be fine. The Suns have money. They also have credit with the league for being a financially responsible organization over the last decade. They had to be because they were terrible. So the league is like, yeah, we're going to give you some graces. So the Suns have that in their bank as well. So don't worry, Suns fans. Things are going to be just fine. They're going to re-sign these players. Chris Paul is going to re-sign with the Phoenix Suns. As I mentioned, my prediction three years, $132 million. And they're going to get themselves a backup center. Dwight Howard is the guy that I would, I would just go get just just to have uh, as a one-year veterans minimum guy. And they're going to bring in a backup point guard. If they re-sign Cameron Payne, I'm happy. If they do a sign-and-trade with the Sixers for T.J. McConnell, or the Pacers, rather, uh, for T.J. McConnell, then I'm going to be really happy. And I think Suns fans would, too. So, interestingly enough, Now, again, free agency starts tonight, so the Phoenix Suns can begin uh, negotiating. And, look, the negotiations have probably already begun. uh, And expect a very, very quick turnaround on this. I don't think Chris Paul is going to drag this thing out. With school just around the corner, we want to help you and the student in your life get the supplies that they need to succeed. Right here, ESPN Tucson, we're giving you the chance to win a $1,500 back-to-school shopping spree. You can register once per day at ESPNTucson.com. Register once per day through august 9th when we return some other news in the nba free agency and and the like also olympics some interesting news coming out of tokyo and some results that are not good not good at all all that and more you're coming back next right here on the jeff dean show on 1490 am 104.9 fm espn tucson Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We'll continue to talk some NBA throughout the show. Uh, As any kind of news comes about, uh, some guys opting out. There will be some interesting movements in free agency. I think we'll see a few trades here and there. There's some sign and trades that need to happen. I'm interested to see what happens with the Lakers. As we talked about on Friday, 94% of their salary cap is eaten up with the big 3 with the the new this you know this this trade for Russell Westbrook which happened Thursday during the NBA draft with along with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's $120 million right there with those three guys. And if you look at the other starting two, okay, like you got to put five guys on the court and start the game, that puts them at about a hundred and thirty-three million. Okay, and they still got to pay seven more guys on the team, and now the the NBA does have a soft salary cap, but it's not that soft. You can't just go and like be the Los Angeles Dodgers and spend two hundred and sixty-five million dollars. The Lakers are, it's going to be interesting to see what they have on the court outside of those three dudes. And it's going to start tonight in free agency. Uh, Where does Lonzo Ball end up? And many, many others. Kyle Lowry, another highly sought-after point guard. Um, He'll have a lot of suitors. And then, of course, you know, as I mentioned, the Phoenix Suns need to do a little bit of work. Obviously got to get signed. Uh, Chris Paul re-signed. And then what do they do for the backup center and backup point guard positions? Do they re-sign Cameron Payne? Is there interest in a sign-and-trade for for T.J. McConnell? I believe there is mutual interest there. I just don't know if the Pacers are going to be willing to get rid of T.J. McConnell, who led the NBA in steals last year and is, I think, what most people would consider the best backup point guard in the league and therefore would be paid as a starting point guard. Just much like the best backup quarterback in the NFL is paid as a starter, best backup point guard in the league in the NBA should be paid as a starter as well. Olympics News, uh, if, you're, if you're waiting to watch until you get home tonight and are trying to avoid spoilers, now is the time to turn down your radio, because we're going to be talking about some spoilers. Now, Simone Piles announced that she is going to compete in the balance beam final tomorrow. This is a, uh, a discipline that she has obviously done very, very well at. I believe she well, she won bronze in Rio on the beam and then has won like five championships since then during that time. So she's done quite well on balance beam. She cited um, something is known as the twisties in gymnastics, which is basically like the yips in, in other you know, professional types of sports um, where she just couldn't get her head out of her own, you know, out of the way. <clears throat> Essentially, you know, you get the yips and, you know, some, some players never recover from the yips. You know, guys like Rick Ankeel or – and I can never remember the, the guy's name because I was – I always get him mixed up with another pitcher. The pitcher who couldn't throw the ball to first base. Uh, played for the Cubs for a long time. Uh, I can't remember his name. I always get him mixed up again. Uh, Dempster, Ryan Dempster. Couldn't throw the ball to first base. Like, just stop being able to throw the ball to first base. There have been catchers in Major League history that not, – I'm not talking about the – idiot from Major League Two, the movie. Uh, I'm talking about actual catchers who who were not able to throw the ball back to the pitcher. And once you get that, you know, you're done. You can't catch in the majors anymore. You can't catch anywhere anymore. You can't just walk the ball out to the mound every time. So uh, Simone Biles going through something called the twisties, which is similar to the yips, but she will compete in the balance beam final tomorrow, and uh, we'll wait to see how well she does. Does she uh, shake off the, the twisties and able to bring home a medal? Or is she going to go uh, essentially individual medalists in this particular uh, in this particular Olympics at the age of 24 years old? Now, spoiler alert once again: overnight, U.S. women's gymnast Jade Carey won gold in the floor exercise. Carey, who had a, a, a horrible trip during and I mean literally tripped and fell like face planted and rolled during her final performance in the vault just 24 hours prior to taking to the floor exercise, set her sights on gold and delivered her best ever floor routine. Uh, Brian Carey, who's her father and her coach, um, has been kind of speaking for her at the Tokyo Olympics, and rightfully so. He's got that certain right, too, as her father and her coach. Um, Basically said that there was some worry after the bad fall that she had in her vault, but Basically, she just said it was a fluke. She doesn't know how it happened. She was in the middle of her approach. <clears throat> my goodness, it's a Monday, and there's frogs. It's literally stuck in my throat, apparently. Um, she, she was on her approach to the uh, to the vault to the uh, to the, the you know the springboard or whatever that's on whatever they call that thing, uh, on the on the vault, and she tripped and fell and tumbled, and that was it. Does basically you know she's done. Um, at that point, not going to be able to recover from that in the individual. Now, in previous cases, we've seen where situations like this might continue to weigh on an athlete, okay, a, a young athlete who had her sights on you know, lofty goals, of course, in these Olympics, trip and fall and unable to continue in that particular discipline. Uh, it, it could have derailed some other athletes, but Jade Carey persevered. And, man, did she deliver with the best performance of her life overnight in the floor exercise, taking home gold. And uh, we're very, very proud of our U.S. women's gymnast, Jade Carey. And uh, she is also going to be uh, competing. I believe she's going to be competing in the balance beam as well. Um, but we'll see. And the, the most harrowing news coming out of Tokyo, the U.S. women's national team has been knocked out of gold medal cont- uh, contention. Uh, they were knocked out overnight by Canada of all places, of all teams, of all countries on a penalty shot in the 75th minute and they have now failed to reach the final in back-to-back Olympics after their loss to Sweden during the quarterfinal round in 2016. What does this loss mean for the U.S. women's national team? We will talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM 1049 FM ESPN Tucson. U.S. women's national team, I guess, captain, spokesperson, whatever, all everything, Megan Rapinoe, who's one of the most popular women's soccer players in the world, said, quote, it's terrible. We just didn't have it today. Just too many errors from us again. I felt like the space was there for us to play, and we just couldn't get into it. Too many touches or, you know, an errant touch. That's football. So, Megan Rapinoe speaking, after... The U.S. women's national team was defeated 1-0 on a penalty shot in the 75th minute uh, to knock the U.S. women's team out of the gold medal contention at the Tokyo Olympics. This is, again, the second Olympics in a row that they have failed to reach the finals. They were defeated in the quarterfinal round by Sweden in Rio 2016. The women's national team was 58-3 versus Canada heading into this game, but let's Just let's just call this what it really is. This team has never mentally gotten over that loss that they took to Sweden five years ago. They were so, I I think, surprised by the loss in the quarterfinals in Rio. And that loss is haunting them in Olympic competition. They are just, they are not in their, in the right headspace. Because remember, of course, just luck of the draw, they had to play Sweden first thing out the gates in Tokyo, and I think a lot of them were looking forward to it. Like, look, let's let's get this win. Let's go out there. We'll compete. We'll beat Sweden. We'll get that monkey off of our back. We'll get out of the way, and we can move on and we can start progressing and and be the team that we're supposed to be, which is the most dominant uh, soccer team in in the world. Okay, they got blasted by Sweden a week ago, and I mean absolutely blasted. 3 nothing, and even the players on the team were saying the game wasn't even that close. Experts were saying that they were literally members of the team standing still watching Sweden's players run by them, dribbling the ball down the field. Like, not even, just didn't even care. Like, didn't even show up. Now, Megan Rapinoe, continued on in her press conference. And what, I'm, what I was reading in the press conference is she couldn't even properly remember what happened in the match overnight, that we, that we saw overnight, against Canada. Then she tried to blame coaching and backpedaled. This is a mess. This women's team is mentally destroyed, and it happened five years ago. That loss that they took to Sweden five years ago has beaten them repeatedly. It they have let that loss beat them more than once. You hear it all the time. If you've ever coached or ever played a sport, okay, coaches will tell their players, Don't let this loss beat you twice. Okay? Don't let them beat us twice with this loss. I, I've been a part of some big heartbreaking losses in sports you know, in the short amount of time that I played, and I'll tell you, it is difficult to get over. It takes a certain mindset to get back on the practice field uh, the, following, you know, the following week and put that loss behind you because you're constantly in your mind thinking about it, and not only are you thinking about it, everyone you come into contact with is reminding you about it. Hey, uh, I don't know what happened against the – well, you guys lost by three points and we were, you know, should have won that game by two touchdowns. Well, what happened? Gosh, hey, uh, you know, great competition. It seems like we ne- we can never beat those guys, huh? Oh, God, it's so aggravating. And you just want to punch everybody in the face that comes into contact with you're like, yeah, I know, I was there. I remember. That was part of it. I was on the field, saw the scoreboard. So this team, not mentally prepared to take the field, obviously. Uh, I mean, look, they they barely got to this point. They barely got to the semifinal. They had to eke their way in on penalty shots. This team was not prepared to take home a gold medal. I would be surprised if they take home the bronze because they're going to play the loser of the Australia-Sweden game (laughs) And we, I'm pretty sure we know how that's going to happen. I mean, if Sweden beats Australia, the women's national team will, will take on Australia, who they had to beat by a score of one nothing earlier in these Olympics in penalties. Uh, and if they play Sweden by somehow, some miracle, Australia beats Sweden in the, uh, in the semifinal, I'm pretty sure we know what's going to happen there. This is the first time the women's national team has been defeated by Canada. In 20 years, they had a 36-game win streak against Canada, snapped, gone. That's it. Canada moves on to the gold medal game. They'll take on the winner of Australia and Sweden to uh, to try to claim gold. This women's team was not prepared mentally, and I, I again reading some of the some of the quotes from Megan Rapinoe. She goes, she goes, I they got I think I think they got one shot on goal a PK and from what it sounds like yeah it it was a it was a PK so um obviously we never want to lose to Canada I don't think I don't think I've ever lost to Canada we, we, have you or haven't you how long have you been on the team you know she said it's a bitter one obviously there's still a lot to compete for that's what I told the girls and we talked about it in the huddle it's not the color we want but there's still a medal on the line that's a huge thing we want to win the game but yeah this sucks it all sucks and then, she, then she, she blamed coaching. She goes, it hasn't flowed for us. It, the, the games haven't been easy. I don't know if, it was, if, if it's been roster rotations. It's a tough tournament. They're trying to save people. So blaming the coach for roster rotations. But then she goes, no, our bench is really deep. It's deep as hell. So I don't think we can put it on that. I can't quite put my finger on it. I've been thinking about it the whole tournament. We just didn't have that juice that we normally do. The juice is between your ears, Megan, and you didn't have it. Nobody on that team had it, apparently. But they needed it from their leaders, from their veterans, and they didn't have it. Veterans who took that L in Rio in 2016 and have carried it with them all the way since. Thankfully, they will most likely not be a member of the uh, 2024 team. They won't be members of the 2024 team, and they will be missed. Obviously, they're... Uh, Great athletes, and they've, they've built a wonderful legacy in U.S. women's sports. But, look, let's be honest, folks. You expected gold out of this team. We expected it out of them in 2016. That was a disappointment. This is just an embarrassment. They just flat didn't show up in Tokyo. Didn't show up. U.S. women's basketball, however, They've been pushed late, okay? They've been, in some, they've been in some battles, and they defeated France to advance to the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals are going to be on Wednesday. Now, the women's basketball team is 3-0. and Now, they've been challenged in every game by Nigeria, Japan, and most recently France, which they beat, I believe, by 8 or 10 points. Um, the women's game, it, it, this is indicative of how, how the women's game has really grown globally um, in the past you know, four to eight years. The women's basketball team, U.S. women's basketball team, used to just cruise. I mean, they were <laughs> forty point. They they would hold teams to like thirty two points scoring, which was ridiculous. Uh, but they had to score in the nineties to beat France. So U.S. women's basketball, they're doing well. They're three and zero. They've been tested, but that's a good thing, and they've been tested in many different ways, and uh, and I, and I think it's going to pay dividends for them. And I still expect them to win gold. The U.S. men's basketball team crushed the Czech Republic 119 84 However, didn't look so good early. They trailed the first 13 minutes of that game. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, God, here we go again. We're going to lose to Czech Republic because, again, we're seeing a group of superstars that are not mentally prepared to be there, don't want to be there, whatever the case may be. And they're gonna find themselves out before the medal rounds even begin. However, they fought back. Kevin Durant had a big game. He becomes US men's basketball's all time leading scorer, taking over uh Carmelo Anthony for that mantle. And they will now face Spain, who are the reigning FIBA World Cup champions in the quarterfinals tomorrow. So big matchup for the US men's basketball team coming up against Spain. And some uh, some interesting, you know, some good things. So we won some medals. Uh, In track and field, we won some medals in the pool. So U.S. still leading the medal count, although China kind of dominating the gold medal count right now, but the U.S. dominating the silver and bronze medal. Is that good enough for you, the fans of amateur sports? If If you're even watching these Olympics, I mean, honestly, I mean, I may be wasting my breath right now because there may be most of you out there just going, don't care, don't care, don't care. It's the Olympics, don't care. And that's kind of the general feeling from not only fans, but also apparently athletes in Tokyo this year. Americans specifically don't care. Very interesting. I wonder what it's going to take to get that fire back for the Olympics, for athletes, for the fans. We'll see. Don't forget we've got some tickets to uh, go see FC Tucson as they take on North Texas. Uh, SC, that is coming up Saturday at Keno North Stadium. Gates open at 6. Game is at 7 p.m. We'll have some tickets for that coming up. Stay tuned. I could uh, get your cue to call at any point in time. When we return, we will start to talk about some NFL, some training camp news for the Arizona Cardinals, also in the NFC West, some injuries to some players, and we'll also get into things happening in Tucson at Arizona Sports, whether it be football, basketball, some big announcements from the football team and the basketball teams uh, that we'll talk about that coming up. we still got a whole lot more to do. It's the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, let's do this. Let's give away some tickets right now. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson take on North Texas SC. This Saturday at Keto North, game is at 7 p.m. A pair of tickets to caller number two at 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. If you are caller number two, you are going to win a pair of tickets to go see FC Tucson take on North Texas SC. FC Tucson trying to bounce back from a one nothing loss over the weekend in Richmond. And uh, we, uh, we wish you good luck and hope that you win and uh, enjoy the game. It's a real quick segment here, so I'm not going to dive into a new topic because, look, it's it's a quick segment here, and then we have a quick turnaround to the top of the hour, which will be a long segment, which was where I can break into some stuff. But I will say this. Now, uh, again, my math skills are not the greatest. But with the Hall of Fame game, the NFL Hall of Fame game, taken on this Thursday as uh, Dallas and Pittsburgh uh, face off in the Hall of Fame game to kick off the official NFL game, uh, the NFL preseason, We now will have an NFL game or a college football game every single week through January 30th, and this makes me very happy (laughs) because we have now football to talk about, football games. We're going to be able to see the pigskin flying around, tackles, slobber knocking. We're going to have some fun talking some football. I love, 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 love football, specifically I just adore college football, and we will be talking plenty of college football here on the Jeff Dean Show, and we talk NFL every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show, so you can always count on some NFL being discussed here on the Jeff Dean Show every weekday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, and we will have some NFL training camp news in our number two, specifically talking Arizona Cardinals and some news out of there. We'll talk... We'll look a little bit closer at the NFC West. Some things happened with the other three teams: the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Rams. Rams, sorry, it's <laughs> it's habit. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some other stuff also going in, uh, going around the the country in the NFL. Some big news for some teams regarding some injuries. Specifically, talking about Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. And could the MRI results, if the MRI results, then they come back, I believe they come back today for Carson Wentz, could that result in the Colts trying to make a trade for Nick Foles? And could Nick Foles find himself a new starting position with an NFL uh, playoff caliber team in the Indianapolis Colts? So we'll talk about that coming up in hour number two. And we still have some more NBA to discuss as well as some other things. But yes, as I mentioned, Hall of Fame game this Thursday gives us an NFL or a college football game every single week, at least one every single week, all the way through the AFC and NFC championship games, which will take on, uh, will go on the, uh, the the schedule Sunday, January thirtieth, leading up to the Super Bowl on Sunday, February thirteenth. So, plenty of football up until then, and that's a lot of days, weeks, and months of being able to talk some football right here on ESPN Tucson looking forward to it also what I'm looking forward to in the college football season University of Arizona and some decisions and some commitments that will not affect this year's team but will affect the football team in years to come as Arizona football has landed themselves a huge recruit over the weekend we'll talk about that coming up after the break also some Arizona basketball as they continue to draw interest from recruits and transfers We'll discuss that in hour number two and a whole lot more. So come on back. Still got an hour left, here hear the Jeff Dean Show. On 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD for Tucson.